Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Unbothered. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Dolphins-Bengals game last night. Tua's injury, Bengals win, gaining a little bit of momentum, all that moving forward. Then, I'm going to move on to week four, make picks for week four, try to get back on the right track. Last week, I was 508-8. Hopefully, I picked up this win with Cincinnati. Hopefully that steamrolls things, gets things better for this week to get the most wins possible. And then I'm also going to make some college football picks as well. Last week was my worst week of picks so far this season. I'm looking to get back on the right track, both the NFL and college football. And then the NL or the postseason and baseball is looking pretty set. However, there is still one division left to be decided. I preview the Mets-Braves series that starts tonight, which will be for the division. So let's get started with the Dolphins and the Bengals. Dolphins, uh, Bengals last night, big win for the Bengals, but the key story throughout the game was Tua Tagovailoa's injury, where he had to be carted off from the field. First glance, first play uh, that happened didn't seem like a, you know, vicious, you know, malicious uh, type hit, you know, intended to injure Tua at all. It was definitely a hard hit, you know, throwing Tua uh, down to the ground, uh, which concussed him and he had to get carted off. I hope he's all right. He's doing all right. It was announced last night that uh, he would be released from the medical center in Cincinnati and he'd fly home uh, with the team. So that was definitely a good sign because it was initially it was a very scary uh, thing to see with Tua uh, down there on the ground with the head trauma. Uh, then multiple questions after the game if uh, to Mike McDaniel if he should have played, you know, with the injury last week, if this factored into this week, and Mike Daniel, Mike McDaniel said that it didn't, that it would be irresponsible of him to have to go out there and play, uh, you know, if he wasn't cleared or he said he wasn't ready to play uh, for this game last night. And I believe Mike McDaniel. I think Mike McDaniel's a great guy. I agree that the Dolphins, the doctors wouldn't have cleared him if he wasn't ready to play because he took a hard hit against the Bills on Sunday. This is a short turnaround Thursday night game. Uh, but, you know, it was ruled, you know, back injury. Uh, they said he went through the proper concussion protocols on the game before he returned to Buffalo. So you believe that, you believe that he went through the correct protocols, which means he would have been available to play. So, you know, of course, with head injuries, they can still linger. So even if he didn't feel anything present, that hit yesterday could have triggered something uh, to the response, and he got carted off. But the best thing to know is that Tua is doing okay. We'll see what happens moving forward. Uh, they don't play this Sunday, so they kind of get, you know, a mini by having the 10 days off. So I was glad to see Tua do all right. Teddy Bridgewater came in following drive, led them to a touchdown drive, 
looked solid, and then, you know, in the third quarter looked good. But then he had a crucial pick late in the game. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, great guy, good game manager, uh, but he's not Tua. He doesn't have the efficiency, but Tua has the accuracy. And that was on display last night. You know, Teddy Bridgewater had a great throw uh, to Tyreek Hill, great catch by Tyreek. But late in the game when Miami was driving down the field uh, to take the lead, uh, Teddy Bridgewater with just an awful interception. Uh, him and Gusecki weren't on the same page. And I got to put some of the blame there on Teddy Bridgewater because the player wasn't turned around and he just threw that nowhere and then it got picked off and that kind of sealed the game. So that's my perspective from the Dolphins. From the Bengals, to me, this was a good win. It was sort of, to me, a must win. And Joe Burrow looked good. The offensive line and pass protection looked better than it has, you know, to start the season. Uh, the run blocking was a bit of a concern. Uh, Joe Mixon, after the first drive, really didn't get anything going. Uh, 24 carries on 61 yards, uh, two and a half yards per carry. Uh, the offensive line really couldn't get any push especially on third and ones at the goal lines. Uh, they had a tough time, and the Dolphins' defense was really stout in those situations. So it looked like Joe Mixon was going to get off to a promising night, and it didn't finish that way. But Joe Burrow was clearly on the same page as T. Higgins last night with T. Higgins. T. Higgins was fantastic. Uh, seven receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown. And Jamar Chase, only six targets but four catches, 81 yards. He was great as well. Uh, Joe Burrow, QBR of 52, a uh, passer rating of 115. Overall, I thought he's had one of his better games of the season. It was nice to see this offense uh, more in flux. But the Bengals, they did not have an answer for Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill was sensational yesterday. Ten receptions four in 160 yards, uh, 14 targets, you know, clearly the bulk of the work. Uh, Jalen Watt only saw five targets. Uh, yes, he was dealing with a bit of an injury. I don't know how big a factor that played into part of it because all those catches were in the first half. Uh, but Tyreek did a lot of damage, uh, you know, even though he had that long catch of 64 yards. You can tell that with Tua or with Tyreek, the ball doesn't have to be a 50, 60-yard bomb every time. He can make plays. You can throw a screen pass to him, throw him a two-yard pass, and he can turn it upfield for a first down because he's just that fast. He's just that electric. He was making men miss all night long, uh, and he had a terrific game. Uh, the Bengals just played a little better. Uh Overall, especially in terms of, you know, passing uh, the ball, uh, you know, didn't throw the interceptions. Tua had an interception. Teddy Bridgewater had an interception as well. Uh, so, to me, that's really the killer there. But turnovers, this game was really close. If you look at the yards, total yards, Miami was seven yards ahead of the Bengals. Uh, you know, passing just about the same. Rushing just about the same. Uh Red zone, both weren't super efficient in the red zone penalties, uh, possession, but turnovers. So when games are this close like it was, 
in the 27-15, you know, doesn't seem close, but it really was a close game. That touchdown was in garbage time for the Cincinnati Bengals. But, uh, you know, to make it 27, it was 20-15 to for a long time. So it was a close game, and the two interceptions is really the difference maker in close games like these. Those are killer, uh, and that's what Miami did yesterday, and that's really what they haven't done in the first three games. But what this showed me for the majority of the game is if this Miami team is for real, they're a good team. If they had Tua in the whole game, uh, who knows if Teddy throws that interception at the end, if that interception even happens, what happens there. But this team's very good. It's very efficient. They're very sound on both offensive and defensive side of the football. Raheem Mostert looked like he's now the running back one for the Dolphins. Uh, He's explosive as well. So even though it was a loss for Miami, to me, it was still an encouraging win. And for Cincinnati, this is a big win uh, for them. Get their first home win, and now they head back on the road and have two tough uh, back-to-back road games against the Ravens and the Saints now moving forward. Now time to preview Sunday's games and make some picks. I'm going to start with the earliest game on Sunday, which is being played in London. And that is the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. Right now, Michael Thomas is not playing. He will not play, announced Dennis Allen, uh, head coach of the Saints. Jameis Winston is doubtful. Right now, it's looking like Andy Dalton is going to go ahead and start. So that is concerning for this New Orleans team. And then Dalvin Cook might not play either. They've given him the okay. But we're not 100% sure if he suffers a setback before the game or maybe something happens in the game, a tackle or something like that, uh, you know, could send him out. So both teams here are dealing with some injuries. To me, this is a coin toss, uh, 50-50, 50-50 pick em type of game. Uh, before the in- injuries were announced, I was thinking about rolling with New Orleans. Again, I still might, you never know with a backup quarterback uh, like Andy Dalton, what's going to happen in a game like this played in London. Marshawn Lattimore is a very great cornerback, uh, has a very similar play style to Jeff Okuda and uh, Darius Slay, who kind of just shut down Justin Jefferson. So I think Marshawn Lattimore can definitely handle the assignment of Justin Jefferson. Again, with Minnesota. There will be times where they look great. They were down 14-0 early. Uh, last week, they were down 24-14. They came back. But this New Orleans defense, it's much more sound than the Lions defense. The Lions, uh, overall, are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. In terms of points per game, uh, they are the worst. They allow the most points uh, per game. And when you look at this team, uh, like the New Orleans Saints, this is a much more sound defense that they're going up against this week. Very similar to the Eagles, which posed some problems for Kirk Cousins. So again, I see this going 50-50. I might pick this right before the game, uh, but to me there's not a clear-cut choice for this game. I might go Minnesota, uh, even though early I was thinking about picking New Orleans but I just might because this right here is a toss-up. Cleveland 
and Atlanta. Uh, question here around the game is, is Miles Garrett going to play? Uh, Miles Garrett was grateful, uh, you know, to be alive, sustained some injuries and a uh, serious car crash to his shoulders, biceps. He wants to play if the doctors clear him. Uh, but that changes the dynamic of this defense of this game if Miles Garrett uh, doesn't play. And to me, these are, you know, you know, the Falcons just got their first one over the Seahawks. And, you know, they could have easily beat the Saints if they held on to their lead. All those came back on the Rams. So to me, this team's, you know, been very encouraging. I thought they'd be much worse. But their games have been very competitive, all one-score games for the Atlanta Falcons, so I'm surprised. And then you look at Cleveland. Uh, had the great first win against the Panthers. Uh, yes, it was a Baker Mayfield game, so both teams were juiced. But then against the Browns, or against the Jets, they showed a defensive lapse a few times, and then they were sound against the Steelers. So to me, this one's another close call. But I just might pick uh, the Browns. Two very similar style teams. The Browns are going to run a lot with Nick Chubb, and the Falcons are going to use Cordero Patterson a lot. So it's going to come down to those two guys. Who's going to make more plays? Uh, but I believe Cleveland is better defensively than Atlanta. So, you know, with that being said, uh, you know, Cleveland's just outside the top 10. And defense are top 15, uh, you know, whereas Atlanta – you know, varies near the bottom of the pack uh, in terms of defensive efficiency and yards. So because of that, I'm leaning towards picking the Cleveland Browns in this game. The Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. This is another, I think it's going to be a close one. Dallas has had a great stretch against uh, NFC of East opponents, but to me this one might be a little different. Uh, you know, Dallas is playing Cooper Rush. You know, no Dallas quarterback has won their first four games. Uh, Cooper Rush is trying to do that and beat the Commanders. And there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk on Cooper Rush and this Cowboys offense, how efficient they are, how good they are. Uh, and I'm not entirely sold on the Washington Commanders, uh, at all, or, yeah, at all. And then even regarding the Dallas Cowboys, like I said, there's been a lot of talk with Cooper Rush, with how efficient he is, how he operates his offense better than Dak. Well, you know, to me, one of, one of these points, it's going to, you know, catch up with Cooper Rush, and he's not going to have a great outing. And I believe it's going to be this week against Washington. Uh, not just because Washington's wearing all black uniforms, which to me is always a huge selling point for picking a team to win. I never really pay attention to colors or your jersey uniforms. Uh, but Cincinnati's all white last night was great. Washington's all black. I like a lot. So to me, that's the one time I'll play a small factor into it. And to me, Carson Wentz, he hasn't been terrible. Uh, we talk about Carson Wentz is, you know, basically this bum, and he hasn't been that bad. In fact, he's had better numbers so far than Matt Ryan. 
so we like to, you know, talk trash about uh, a player like Carson Wentz and think Matt Ryan's better, but Matt Ryan, 769 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions. You look at Carson Wentz, he's 861 yards and, you know, 100 extra yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, that's four more touchdowns than Matt Ryan and three interceptions, one less than Matt Ryan. So Carson Wentz hasn't been that bad. Uh, I thought I think the offense has been good. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. It's really just been the defense here. Uh, but I like Washington to come in and upset the Dallas Cowboys uh, in Dallas. Dallas always has a wonky game. When you expect Dallas to win, it's like, you know, they don't win. And when you expect Dallas to not win, they win. You looked at that game against the Bengals a few weeks ago. Everybody wrote off the Cowboys. Here they are winning. Now people are back on the Cowboys. However, I'm pumping the brakes on them. I definitely see a loss to the Commanders. Uh, upset on picking the Commanders this weekend against the Cowboys. This is one I actually feel pretty confident in. I think Carson Wentz is better than Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is a backup guy. He'll give you a good game or two, but if we were to ever see him in a 16-game sample size, it wouldn't be the two, three games that we've seen him play with the Cowboys. So we're just going to have to stop that. Now I want to move ahead to the Sunday night game, then I'll finish out the rest of Sunday's picks. Just because the Sunday night game's too good. And that's another matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. That's what we get to see on Sunday night. Uh, to me, this is going to be a fantastic game. And let me tell you, I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a few reasons here that I'm about to outline to you. Uh, the Chiefs' offense the past two games hasn't been that good. Uh, yes, they absolutely stomped the Cardinals in Arizona, but against the Chargers, they were going to lose that game until a Jalen Watson pick six. So the Chiefs' offense could only score 20 points. They want to lose that game if Justin Herbert doesn't throw that pick six. Last week, Patrick Baum's terrible interception. They lose to the Colts, can only score 17 Offensive line looked terrible. Yes, Colts have a good defense, but it's not great. Now they're going up against the number one defense in all of football right now. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're very sound, and they've beat the Chiefs before. If you remember the Super Bowl, for example, they were able to get home with four and play steady defense and just annihilate the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have the biggest X factor in Tyreek Hill. Now they don't have him. Now, if you have a Buccaneers defense, you don't have to be afraid of a Tyree kill getting passed after you because Sky Moore, Mar Marquez Zelda, Scantley, Juju Smith-Schuster aren't going to do that. It's how about let's double-team uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Let's, you know, put Levante David on him, uh, bring a safety down after him, Mike Edwards, Antoine Enfield, let's buy him, and let's see if any of these wide receivers can beat us one-on-one. -on -one. Let's see if Juju Smith-Schuster can beat Carlton Davis and if Jamel Dean can get beat. And I don't expect Kansas City's offense uh, to go in there and just put a show against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just don't. Tampa Bay's defense is too good. 
And you look at the flip side, Kansas City's defense, they're just all right. They're ninth in yards and 16 in points. So to me, it's a middle of a pack defense. Uh, Tom Brady has gone up so far against much better defenses uh, this season. Cowboys, great defense. Micah Parsons, the Cowboys, or the uh, Chiefs don't have a Micah Parsons on their defense. The Saints are just steady top to bottom. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan, they're just solid. And the Packers, again, another solid defense. Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, solid defense, and they're a very good unit, town unit. They're going up against Kansas City, where Chris Jones is really the only player you have to worry about in the interior. And if you can double Chris Jones effectively, which I think they will, you know, with their center and a guard, uh, the Chiefs are going to have to blitz to get pressure on Tom Brady. And Tom Brady is one of the best at exploiting the blitzes. Uh, Mike Evans will be back this week. So if you think, uh, you know, Snead or somebody's going to shut down Jalen Watson and shut down Mike Evans, you've got another thing coming on one-on-one coverage. So I do expect Tom Brady to have his best game of the season. Yes, he's struggled, but he's not struggling for 17 games. He's going to get it going. He'll be back. Donovan Smith might be back. I don't know if I'm counting on that one. Julio Jones as well might be back. We'll see if Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, is the only uh, for sure receiver coming back, and he's better than any receiver on the Chiefs. Uh, yes, Kelsey's great, but I'll classify him as a tight end for this discussion. But I think Tampa Bay's offense uh, can work on Kansas City's weaker defense, and Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City are going to have a tough time facing this Tampa Bay defense. So I expect Tampa Bay uh, to win this game. And another reason I'm picking Tampa Bay is Hurricane Ian has just come through Tampa Bay. Thoughts are with all those there uh, dealing with that. Uh, and, you know, the Glazer family, the owners of the Buccaneers, are donating a million dollars for relief. Tom Brady's in on relief as well. So when you have something like that happen, uh, to a city uh, days before a game, leading up to a game. It usually rallies the team, rallies the fans. I was just there in Tampa Bay a week ago, and the atmosphere was great. I expect the atmosphere to be even better against the Chiefs. I expect Tampa Bay to play for their home city, represent, get their first home win of the season. I don't see them losing back-to-back home games. I like Tampa Bay to win this game. Uh, and really get the offense back on track. I'm picking Tampa Bay. And Patrick Mahomes as well. Uh, two and three against Tom Brady. That's the matchup. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Well, this is the best defense Patrick Mahomes has gone against. And to me, the best defense Patrick Mahomes has faced in this iteration of Tampa Bay uh, so far. And he's doing that without Tyree Kill uh, again. And everybody wants to beat Tom Brady. That's the goal. Uh, Aaron Rodgers got his last week, got him to two and three. Uh, Mahomes is two and three. I think he'd like to pull even with Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady owns the two biggest wins, which are the two playoff wins against Patrick Mahomes. I do think this will be a great game, but Tampa Bay will come out on top at the end of this game. Now moving on to Seattle and Detroit. Uh, Detroit dealing with some injuries on this one. Noah Monroe, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, also unlikely to play. It looks like they're going to sit him. 
Uh, Detroit Lions, you know, opened as six-point favorites. It's, with these injuries, have shifted down to three and a half. And then Jeff Okuda has been great this season. It's really a small resurgence. Not a lot of people are paying attention. But DK Metcalf is not impressed. He says he's not really locking people down here. This safety over the top of him, he's a good corner, but, no, he's not impressed. So, you know, you have that part there. Okuda has done great, held Devontae Smith without a catch. Terry McLaurin, four receptions, eight targets. Justin Jefferson, just three catches. So, we'll see here. Whatever Detroit schemes for wide receivers seems to be working. Their rush defense is suspect, and Detroit, you know, has allowed the most points in the league. So, Seattle's offense, which has been anemic, at best, I think, can get going against Detroit's defense. But it's in Detroit, and I like Detroit's offense. Even if Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown are out, Jamal Williams has been terrific this year. Excuse me. And as well, uh, the other receivers, I think, have stepped up well for uh, Detroit. Yes, there might not be uh, TJ Hawkinson as well. He's also questionable. But I like DJ Charts, Josh Reynolds uh, to play as well and do good. I think this Detroit offense can still score some points on Seattle's defense. So I still like Detroit to beat Seattle in this game. Rebound from a tough loss yesterday. If this game's close, I'd like to see Dan Campbell make some better decisions than he has in the past for game management, clock management. And I think he will. I think Detroit comes out, you know, with a win, and they really start having some momentum like, hey, you know, we're a really good football team. We're, we're on the uphill now. Tennessee and Indianapolis. Another, another close game here. Uh, a divisional game, always tough. Titans has kind of got the better of the Colts recently. These are the two best running backs in the NFL going at it. Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, uh, both quarterbacks have been subpar to say the least. They've been rather terrible. Uh, Michael Pittman is the best wide receiver combined out of the two. This one's in Indianapolis, and I think Indianapolis is going to win. That's why I'm picking uh, Indianapolis. To me, uh, their defense is much more sound than Tennessee. Tennessee has lost Taylor Lewan. A key offensive lineman there. Indianapolis defense looked really good last week against the Kansas City offensive line. If they can bring that pressure to Ryan Tannehill, uh, the Titans will be in for a long day. And if Jonathan Taylor can get something going, Matt Ryan can play like he did last week, uh, which was his best game of the season. Uh, I see the Colts pulling this one off in Indianapolis. You know, last time they played here, Indianapolis had the win. It was kind of locked until Carson Wentz threw one of this Carson Wentzian interceptions, you know, throwing out of the sack for an interception, pick six, one of his ad ever worked out well. So I think the Colts will win this game. Uh, and, you know, the drama that's around the Indianapolis to open this season will slowly start to quiet as they get to two, a uh, one and one there after this weekend. Next up, Chicago. And the New York Giants, this to me might be the ugliest game of the day, boring game of the day. That's what I think it'll be. Chicago's offense has been lifeless. 
Uh, Justin Fields, 23 completions so far, 45 attempts. They haven't let him throw the ball really at all. 297 yards through three games. Uh, Josh Allen averages more than that. Tyler Tua averages more than that. Lamar Jackson averaging more than that. I mean, uh, that's sad right there. Two touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, they're running back Cleo Herbert's been great, but outside of him, David Montgomery at moments, this offense is not good. It's just not. And the defense isn't that good either. So the Chicago team's not good. However, the New York Giants, Daniel Jones didn't look particularly great last week against the Cowboys. But again, Micah Parsons won't be lining up. Demarcus Lawrence won't be lining up against them. We'll see if Saquon Barkley uh, can get something going more against the Chicago Bears. Uh, But I like the Giants to bounce back and win this game against Chicago uh, in New York. I think they can improve to 3-1. and one. Again, they're sound defensively. They picked it up. And I think the New York Giants will go ahead and win this game. Again, improve to 3-1 and one in Chicago. We'll get to 2-2. Two and two. Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Two, you know, darlings of the NFL right now. Doug Peterson has looked like he's turned Jacksonville around. They're 2-1. and one. Playing much better. He's returning to his former team, which he won a Super Bowl with as a head coach in Philly. Philly has looked great. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. His offensive line is the best offensive line in football. Defensively, they look great. Darius Slay has been great to me. This is going to be a great matchup. Trevor Lawrence already looking much better than he did last year. Last year through 17 interceptions, which was tied for Matthew Stafford for most in the league so far through three games. Guess what? Matthew Stafford tied for most interceptions in the league with five. Trevor Lawrence only has one interception to six touchdowns, 772 yards, high completion percentage, great uh, quarterbacking through three games. He's been great. Jalen Hurts has also been wildly efficient through three games. So to me, this is a great matchup. One that I wasn't expecting to start the year would be a great matchup. And it is. Uh, my question mark here is, can Philly get to 4-0? You do that, you're basically a quarter of a way done with the season. You're undefeated. That's a good mark to have. Now, I'm always questionable, you know, with teams undefeated uh, for long periods of time. You know, even through three games in the NFL, last night Miami lost. But now Philadelphia is the only undefeated team left. I want to pick Jacksonville just because I don't like that, you know, undefeated mantra, you know, around. But I do think it happens. I think the Eagles are in a good place with Nick Sirianni, at head coach with this offense and with this defense. I think this is a great team. And I think the Eagles being at home, are going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts will have a great day. I think this will be a very close game. Uh, this isn't, you know, Jacksonville that used to be a layup uh, for the better part of their season when you play them. Uh, Jacksonville has definitely turned it around, uh, but I like Philadelphia to win this game behind Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith on offense. Pittsburgh and the New York Jets. I'm picking Pittsburgh. Yes, it doesn't look great. 
who knows how long Mitch Trubisky has with Pittsburgh. But defensively, I think they can get after New York. Zach Wilson is making his return. And I'm just not sold on the New York Jets. I'm just not. Uh, Robert Sala wants to talk about having receipts and, you know, uh, well, that they'll play and they're turn around and all that hoopla over there in the New York Jets. But there's some teams that, you know, you feel are on the upward swing at times, like the Lions, you know, feel different. The Jacksonville Jaguars feel different. The Jets don't feel different. The Bears don't feel different. There's teams where you would like them to take a step back. You'd like to see for teams do good. But they just don't. That's with the New York Jets. Uh, Pittsburgh, tough loss last week. Mitch Trubisky doesn't look like the answer. I'd rather see Kenny Pickett in there. I think Steelers fans would rather see Kenny Pickett in there. But that, to me, that's not the question or the main problem wrong with this team. The main problem wrong with this team is Najee Harris, who, with his volume so far, hasn't been getting it done. The offensive line hasn't been blocking all for Najee. Najee hasn't been breaking tackles like he was last year. 40 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown. That's not Najee-like numbers that we were used to. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin was really relying on Najee to get it going, take pressure off of Trubisky, open up play action. That hasn't been the case so far. They haven't been able to you know, have the run game open up play action like they hope to. I think that's something they'll accomplish this week because it is the Jets. Uh, I think they, you know, get back on course, try to stay the track against the Jets. I'm not in love with the Steelers at all, but I think the Steelers get a win here, rebound, uh, and they beat the New York Jets. Next up, Buffalo and Baltimore. Very, very intriguing matchup here. You have maybe the two top MVP candidates at the moment going up against each other. You've got Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. This should be a great offensive game. And to me, this game gets leveled because of Buffalo's injury to the secondary. Baltimore secondary is not good. They're not good. No good. No bueno. No, 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 no. Buffalo secondary is usually very good, but with Micah Hyde out for the season, that hurts. Who knows if Poyer will be back. Uh, Tredavious White still not back. So they're dealing with injuries back there. They're not healthy yet. However, if this is going to come to an ongoing shootout, give me Josh Allen. Give me Josh Allen in a shootout. Uh, I trust him more than Lamar Jackson in a shootout. Last time we saw Lamar Jackson in a shootout, Tua Tagovailoa got the best of him. Josh Allen is better than Lamar Jackson. He's better than Tua. Josh Allen will get the win here against Baltimore. Again, I expect this to be a high-powered offensive game. But when I look at the defensive uh, lines especially, Bills have a great defensive line. If I'm going to have a quarterback you know, or an edge rusher get to the quarterback, it's going to be Von Miller. Von Miller has been terrific with the Bills. Uh, I can see this team, this line, getting to Lamar Jackson, pressuring him. Lamar Jackson, I have to give him props. I will give him props. I've been very critical of Lamar Jackson in the past with him passing the football. So far through three games, he's been great passing the football. 
I'm not going to take anything away from that. But this is going to be his toughest test to date. I want to see how he does it against the Buffalo Bills. So far, he's been great, but I expect that greatness uh, to experience a minor speed bump this weekend, minor setback. I expect the Bills to win. Again, Von Miller get after him, and Josh Allen can attack the secondary. He's got Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis uh, at his disposal. Uh, I think Buffalo will have a tremendous day. Uh, Baltimore, yes, Mark Andrews, if, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator, or offensive, he's a head coach, a former defensive coordinator. I think he can dial up something to get Mark Andrews, uh, Rashad Bateman. I think Buffalo will win this game. This is another big game in the AFC. Uh, but give me Josh Allen. Give me Stephon Diggs. Baltimore's defense has now not been good. And Buffalo has one of the top offenses in the league uh, right now. Number two in yards per game. First in passing, first in points. Give me the Buffalo Bills. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Houston Texans. Last year, Houston Texans upset the Chargers. No one thought they would. I did it. Houston won 20 or 41 to 29. Can they do it again this week? I just don't know. The Chargers are banged up. Like I said, they're missing their best defensive player, Joey Bosa. Justin Herbert is banged up as well. They looked absolutely lifeless and just demolished last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can the Chargers find a win here? Try to steer the ship to steady safety waters? Or does Minnesota come in and I think, or Houston might, excuse me. And if Houston comes here and beats Los Angeles Chargers, that's a knockout punch. There's no recovering for the Chargers after that. Again, I always thought that AFC West would be the hardest division to pick this season. And if the Texans come in there and knock them out, it's over for them because the schedule only gets tougher from there. And with players banged up, it won't get any easier. I'm picking the Chargers to win. However, I'm nervous about the Chargers. Austin Eckler hasn't even had 100 yards so far in this short season. Three games, doesn't even have 100 yards. Uh, this Art Chargers offense hasn't looked good. I don't know if Brandon Staley is the right coach for the Chargers. To me, there's more question marks surrounding the Chargers and answers. And if that's the case with this a roster that they assembled for the Chargers, it might be time to move on to a new coach. Just might be time. Uh, might have to examine that. Of course, this is just if Houston wins. Uh, if Houston wins coming in next week, I'll have a lot to say about the Chargers. But I'm picking the Chargers because I hope it doesn't get to that. Next up, Arizona Cardinals and the Houston, or Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers. I'm picking Arizona to win this game. I think they rebound. It's looking like Christian McCaffrey won't play. Uh, he's dinged up, so even if he does, how effective will he be is a question. Last year, Carolina came into Arizona. I was at that game. 
that was Christian McCaffrey's game back. That was uh, Cam Newton's return, and they looked great. Arizona looked lifeless. I don't expect the same uh, this weekend. Uh, I would like to see Kyler Murray run the ball a little more. Uh, last week didn't do that a ton. His first week didn't do that a ton. But the game they won against the Raiders, you saw him make plays with his legs. It was very effective. I'd like to see him do a bit more of that. Uh, James Conner's been banged up. We'll see. But last week you saw the established connection there with Hollywood Brown. So if they can keep that up, Arizona can definitely come in and win this game in Carolina. Beat sort of the self-imploding Jameis Winston Saints last week. But the Panthers haven't looked impressive. Even that win last week wasn't impressive than the two losses before that. So I think the Cardinals can come here and win. They don't have a great defense, but they can go into Carolina and get a win. I'm picking Arizona uh, to get to 2-2. Two and two. Next, the New England Patriots going up against the Green Bay Packers. Let me tell you, if this was in New England and they had Matt Jones, I might very well pick the Patriots. But Brian Hoyer is in and it's in Green Bay. So I'm not picking the Patriots. I'm picking the Packers. I'd love for this to be a close game, but I just don't see it. The Packers have the longest home winning streak in the NFL at 14 games. And Brian Hoyer, who is starting this week in place of Matt Jones due to injury, has lost 11 straight games. Those two things don't bode very well. I don't like that combination very much. So I'm taking the easy projected for sure to win of the Green Bay Packers. I think the New England defense is very good, and they'll hold Green Bay down either early in the game until Green Bay makes some adjustments, or if Green Bay gets a big lead, New England will clamp down. Green Bay won't try as much, but New England's offense won't get much going. We saw Tom Brady and his offense not get much going against the Green Bay Packers. I don't think Brian Hoyer and this offense will get much going. So I like Green Bay uh, to win this game. Uh, Bill Belichick, great coach. Aaron Rodgers, great coach. They obviously have an admiration for each other. Uh, but I think Green Bay will get the win. And last game on Sunday that I'll cover is the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, only 0-3 team. Only team that has lost every single game so far this season. Derek Carr is... Turn the ball over a lot for interceptions. That's not good. I think Josh Jacobs has been efficient. Uh, but my critique I had yesterday of Derek Carr is he's trying too much. He's overcomplicating it. And he's not trying to give the ball to Devontae Adams. He's trying to spread it out, make everyone happy. Well, guess what? Not everybody gets paid $30 million a year like Devontae Adams uh, for wide receivers on your team. In fact, nobody's close to that. So how's the suggestion? Give it to Devontae Adams, force-feed him, like I see the Dolphins force-feed Tyreek Hill, and maybe you'll start winning some games and it'll start opening up for you in other aspects. Now, how about you try that, Derek Carr? But on the flip side, the Broncos offense has not looked good either, not looked in sync. Russell Wilson threw three games, two touchdowns so far. Uh, Javante Williams has looked okay. A Cortland Sutton has emerged as the number one option. He's fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, that's a clear one wide receiver there, a clear quarterback wide receiver duo dynamic. Defensively, I think Denver's really stout, but I don't think Vegas drops to 0 4. Uh, I think they get the win here. I think they get back on track. They're still learning McDaniel's system. I think Las Vegas gets a win against the Broncos, who's been 
utterly unimpressive so far through uh, three games. I thought they'd be more impressive, but that's just not the case. And I think Las Vegas gets the win. Derek Carr has a better game. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, that's who I'm picking to win. I've got Las Vegas uh, to win this game here against the Denver Broncos. And now let's fast forward to Monday night. I won't be doing a podcast on Monday. So let's just talk about the night game, Monday night game, because that to me that's going to be an intense, great game between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. You know, intense, fierce rivalry here. The 49ers have won the past six regular season matchups. They won six out of the past seven. The Rams won the biggest one in the conference uh you know, NFC Championship game last year, uh, which was in L.A. Uh, Jimmy G didn't look great against the Broncos. The Broncos have a much better defense than the Rams. Aaron Donald has been quiet through three games. Jalen Ramsey's had one interception. That's been all right. I think Jimmy Garoppolo slowly getting used to this offense. Again, he had no preseason, no trading camp. He was just thrown to a trainer on the sideline all season. Like, one throw, you know, just like a warm-up throw for, you know, months. So now he's finally getting integrated back into the system, getting time. Uh, both teams are sort of dinged up. Los Angeles offensive line uh, is not good. The Rams, Andrew Whitworth out there, center Brian Allen now. I should say Whitworth retired, so he'll never come back. But their center Brian Allen's out. Uh, their new right guard has not looked good. Alan Robinson and Matthew Stafford are not on the same page. Uh, it's just Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. And uh, the Niners will let Cooper Cup get points, get yards, because they'll shut down everything else. Uh, no OBJ, I think, will help the 49ers. Uh, defensively, 49ers are one of the top units. They'll get four with Matthew Stafford, uh, get pressure on him, make him uncomfortable. I think he'll throw a few more interceptions. I see him throwing two interceptions against the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy plays his best football against the Niners. Uh, his two regular season games last year were phenomenal. Uh, Kyle Shanahan writes the perfect script against the Rams, able to run the football. Trent Williams won't be in. That's huge. Yes, it's Jeff Wilson Jr., but I pair him with Debo Samuel. George Kittle getting healthy. Uh, I like San Francisco to win this game defensively. They're better than L.A. And then offensively, I think they'll be efficient enough for this game in San Francisco. We're going to bounce back after a very poor Sunday night showing. Uh, the team was clearly frustrated, but I think it'll improve. It'll get better. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, you can say that he's frustrated, you know, that the team essentially didn't want him. Now he forced me back in there. But he's playing He's playing for respect. He knows that this isn't the last year of his career. He's playing for money, a contract next year for another team, another job. So Jimmy G's got a lot to play for. He's not just going to lay down and just, you know, suck it up for the Niners and then hurt his own stock as well. I like San Francisco to beat the Niners, or San Francisco to beat the Rams uh, on Monday night. Now let's move on to some college football. Let's make some game picks. First pick, Michigan-Iowa. Very interesting game. This game is in Iowa. Jim Harbaugh says this is where top five teams go to die. Michigan is number four. Uh, 
and they go into Kennedy Stadium, where Iowa plays. Been a very detrimental place since 2008. Top five teams that go into Iowa are five and one. The only team that made it out alive was Penn State on a last-minute touchdown play a few years ago. But Michigan knows this feeling. 2016, top five team, lost to Iowa. They were undefeated, came in, lost. Ohio State has lost. Uh, Michigan State has lost. So it's very true. But to me, what makes this huge is that it's a daytime game. That game's college, whatever reason, it's much more difficult to win. When it's a primetime night game, this game fortunately is a morning in the Pacific, afternoon for East Coast. So this, to me, benefits the Wolverines having this night game. And the fact that Iowa's defense is good, Michigan's seen it, you know, in the championship game last year. But Iowa's offense sucks. It is. It's, I think, 130th in college football, one of the worst. Uh, they can't pass. They can't run. They can't block. It's bad. Uh and Michigan defense is really good. Their offense is good. I want Michigan to win this game. Don't see a top five team dying here tomorrow at Kinnick Stadium. Kentucky and Ole Miss. Ole Miss somehow, you know, they're 14, Kentucky 7. Ole Miss are six and a half point favorites, and I don't know how. Uh, Ole Miss is great. I love uh, Lane Kiffin. I think he's a terrific coach. Uh, but Kentucky's defense with Stoops, and to me, they got one of the best quarterbacks. Will Levis is going to be a first-rounder. Uh, so if I'm trusting somebody, I'm trusting Kentucky. And to me, uh, they got it done. They pulled it out against Florida. Gritty went against Northern Illinois uh, last week. And to me, this is Ole Miss's first real test. They just pulled it out against Tulsa last week uh, and hasn't had a real test yet like Kentucky has against Florida. So I like Kentucky. Uh, to win this game. Oklahoma and TCU. Oklahoma coming off an embarrassing loss last week to Kansas State. TCU is undefeated, just beat SMU a good team. So here we go, but Dylan Gabriel, quarterback for Oklahoma, didn't play his best game last week, but he doesn't throw an interception, hasn't thrown an interception so far this season. Neither is TCU quarterback Duggan. I expect this to be a very good game, but Oklahoma to bounce back. Oklahoma State and Baylor. Uh, to me, this would be another tight game. This is a rematch of last year's uh, Big 12 title game. Oklahoma State got the win there. Uh, actually, my bad. Baylor got the win. If Oklahoma State would have won, we probably would have gone to the, uh, the college football playoff. But Baylor got the big stop there. So I think Oklahoma State is you know, still fueling from that loss to Baylor, uh, I think we're going to use it as fuel uh, moving forward. And I think Oklahoma State is going to win this game and beat Baylor. Wake Forest and Florida State. Wake Forest was my you know pick last week to beat Clemson. And they were so close, so close. It was heartbreaking. Uh, but I was really impressed with Sam Hartman, quarterback, the wide receivers for Wake Forest. Uh, Florida State's, you know, been really good uh, so far. They're 4-0. Uh, they beat LSU and they beat Louisville. But I like Wake Forest more. I like this offense much more explosive than Florida State's. Are, and, you know, just passing as well. Sam Hartman 
Florida State's more balanced, but I like Wake Forest. Uh, you know, you can make the argument they could be crushed after a loss like that last week, uh, but I think they'll come in and win that game. Iowa State in Kansas. Kansas, unexpected right now, undefeated. Iowa State's 3-1, and one, but I'm going with Kansas, who's undefeated right now. Why not roll with the Jayhawks? Texas A&M and Mississippi State. Texas A&M was outplayed last week by Arkansas, but somehow still got the win. I think it kind of gave them second life sometimes. It's all you need early in the season to have this sort of snowball effect. Uh, so I like Texas A&M to come in here and get a win against Mississippi State. California and Washington State. Uh, Washington State all the way. That's who I'm picking. North Carolina State Clemson. This is game day. This is the big game right here. North Carolina State Clemson. I was not sold on Clemson, and I was right. Um, I thought their offense was be that good, but their offense torched Wake Forest. It was the defense that didn't hold up. Now they play North Carolina State. North Carolina State beat Clemson last year, but that game was in Raleigh. Different atmosphere. Now we're going to Clemson. It's a night game. This is going to be the true test because Wake Forest wasn't good defensively. North Carolina State, much better defensively. How is DJ going to perform back-to-back games where you have to show out in primetime? How is his defense going to look for Clemson? They got absolutely torched last week. There's question marks. I said Clemson, before the season, would lose one of these games to Wake Forest or North Carolina State. I got to back it up. I got to pick the Wolfpack. I'm picking North Carolina State to upset Dabo and Clemson, and North Carolina State to take a stranglehold on the ACC Atlantic. This would be a huge win for them on picking North Carolina State to get their first win in Clemson, and I don't know how long, their first win against a top-five team in like 50 years. Odds are against North Carolina State, but what does Han Solo say? Never tell me the odds. I'm going with North Carolina State. And then last pick. Maybe another layup here, SMU. UCF could be a sneaky good game. I'm picking UCF. So those right there are my college football picks. And my last item is this. Let's shift to baseball. Mets Braves division series starts tonight. Three games. Mets right now own the tie, or Mets have the series lead 97. So it's a three-game series. They're playing tonight, Saturday, Sunday. If Mets win just one more, they'll have the tie break throughout the rest of the season. But right now, the Mets have a one-game lead on the Braves. So they win that one game of the three. They're tied, but the Mets have a tiebreaker, and they both have three more games in after that. But the Mets can clinch uh, the division if they just win out. They sweep the Braves. They control their own destiny. They can do it to me. Tonight's the most pivotal game. Uh, you know, you've got Jacob DeGrom pitching tonight against Max Fry. Uh That's going to be the top pitching matchup. Jacob DeGrom, bad outing last season. I look for DeGrom to bounce back. Uh, this is a huge game tonight uh, for the Mets. I like them to win. And then tomorrow night, uh, you've got Max Scherzer. So you can really win two there, you know, again, 
take the stranglehold them in three. You've got Chris Bassett against Morton. I think Morton could win that one. So if the Mets win two out of three, I feel very comfortable because then the Mets would just have to win one more game out of their final three to win the division. So that's encouraging for the New York Mets. And it's even more pressing to win the division this a year because of the new wild card structure with baseball, where more teams are now playing in a wild card best of three. Uh, they added another wild card team. And another key thing is baseball does not recede after the wild card. Meaning, if the Mets were to lose a division, whoever loses it, Mets Atlanta, and they play their three game wild card. Uh, if they win that, because they're playing the six seed, which would, if the six seed win, they would have to play the best, they don't receive. So they would play the Dodgers. You don't want to play the Dodgers in a best of five, I believe. Atlanta, they can have them. They did it last year in the seven-game NLCS. They beat the Dodgers. I don't want the Mets to have that smoke right away. I'd much rather play the Cardinals uh, and not have to worry about a three-game wild card, rest up. DeGrom and Scherzer, to me it's crucial, more crucial for the Mets to win the division than the Braves are to win the division. Uh, But it is a clear uh, big series. Every other division is clinched in baseball except for this one in at least between the Braves and Mets. But that'll be decided, I believe, in the next three days with these next three games. It's going to be a great matchup. So there you go. We are entering the last week of regular season baseball before postseason October baseball starts. Some great college football games and NFL as well. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.